Hello, everyone, and welcome to the March 4th edition of the WorkCom Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folson, attorney with the Floyd Scarron Law Firm. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. A WCAB panel decision again rejected the use of the AMA Guide's combined ratings method. Here's what happened in the case of Devereaux versus the State Compensation Insurance Fund. Christopher Devereaux was employed as an attorney by the state fund. He sustained an admitted industrial injury in the form of hypertension, diabetes, heart, circulatory, and cognitive impairment as a result of a continuous trauma. The cardiology QME reported that the cardiac impairment was separate and distinct from the cognitive impairment reported by the neuropsychology QME. Thus, he said that the most accurate rating in this case would be to add the impairment ratings rather than use the combined values chart. The QME also said that when we're dealing with mental impairments and physical impairments, there often is not much in the way of overlap. The work hump judge found the applicant sustained 90% permanent disability by adding rather than combining the disabilities. The petition for reconsideration of this finding by the state fund was denied in the panel decision. It reasoned that the rating schedule provides that the combined values chart is generally used to combine multiple disabilities, but that other methodology may be used depending upon the relevant circumstances. It is the role of the medical expert to make a medical determination as to how to combine the separate impairments. In this case, the work comp judge reasonably concluded that the medical evaluators properly determined that adding the hypertension and cognitive impairment disabilities more accurately reflected applicants' entire permanent disability. And now our crime report. This month, a slew of conspirators involved in a massive workers' compensation kickback scheme were ordered to serve prison sentences and pay millions of dollars in financial penalties for their roles in the corrupt payment of millions of dollars to induce doctors and other medical professionals to refer hundreds of injured workers for medical treatments and services. Ringleaders Furman Iglesias and Carlos Arguello operated a patient-capping enterprise in which they found individuals who would file workers' compensation claims against their employers. The two then sold or bartered these workers to others in the industry, including attorneys, primary care physicians, and providers of medical goods and services. Each had to pay to play, and, as the patient was referred throughout this corrupt system, money changed hands at each step. Arguello operated several patient recruitment entities, including one called Centro Legal. The company used billboards, flyers, and other advertisements to recruit persons to seek workers' comp benefits. When the worker called a 800 number, he or she reached a call center. From there, Iglesias' company Providence Scheduling took over brokering the patient to maximize the profit that could be extracted from the phone call. Centro Legal referred the newly acquired patients to complicit workers' compensation attorneys. One of them was San Diego attorney Sean O'Keefe, 
who had one of the largest workers' comp caseloads in the region. To get these new clients, the attorneys in the corrupt network were expected to comply with certain conditions. They had to use Arguello's copying service to fulfill document requests for all of the new client's medical records. They had to agree to designate one of the complicit physicians as their client's primary treating physician. In exchange, the attorneys received compensation. For Mr. O'Keefe, the compensation took a variety of forms. One hospital paid the salaries of two employees of his law firm as a kickback to O'Keefe for referring spinal surgeries to that hospital. At times, kickback payments were disguised as payments for non-existent legal services for which O'Keefe generated phony legal invoices as a cover-up. Iglesias required that the chiropractors prescribe a certain minimum quota of goods and services. If the chiropractor failed to live up to the quota, Iglesias would cut off the flow of new patients. Dr. Stephen Rigler was one of the chiropractors involved in the corrupt referral network. He had clinics in Calexico, San Diego, and Escondido. Jennifer Louise White represented providers of other types of services such as autonomic nervous system studies and sleep studies. She worked with Alex Martinez and with providers of the ANS and sleep studies to pay nearly $200,000 in kickbacks to Rigler for patient referrals. Among the major sentences in the case, Ronald Grust, MD, a radiologist, will spend 10 years in prison and pay $1.3 million forfeiture and a quarter of a million dollar fine. Furman Iglesias will spend 60 months in custody and pay a $1,005,000 forfeiture. Sean Enrique O'Keefe, the attorney, will spend 13 months in custody and pay a $300,000 forfeiture. Chiropractor Stephen J. Rigler will spend six months in custody and pay a $150,000 forfeiture. Jennifer Louise White will spend 24 months in custody and pay a $25,000 fine. And the company's California Imaging Network, Medical Group, Willows Consulting Company, Medex Solutions, and Meridian Medical Resources will each pay a half a million dollar fine. That's each. 31-year-old Alan Amir Yosefi, a former licensed insurance agent, was charged with 10 felony counts, including grand theft, insurance fraud, and forgery. He allegedly stole more than $105,000 in insurance premiums from several business owners. Yosefi used a variety of schemes targeting contractors and small businesses to steal workers' compensation premiums. He was doing business as Vanak Insurance Services when he failed to place insurance for his clients. And instead, he pocketed the workers' comp premiums and used the cash for gambling, sports equipment, and designer clothes. Contractors and small businesses, including a minority-owned business, were issued bogus certificates to cover up the fraud. A construction company that purchased a workers' comp policy from Yosefi discovered it did not have coverage after an injured employee filed a claim. This business suffered an uncovered loss and is now negotiating a costly settlement with the injured employee's attorney. 
Other victims faced premium hikes as a result of having gaps in their coverage, while yet another victim had their contractor's license suspended by the contractor's state license board for not having a valid workers' comp policy. He surrendered at the courthouse and was released after posting a $100,000 bail. The Orange County District Attorney's Office is prosecuting this case. And two recent California Department of Insurance investigations have led to the arrests of more insurance agents who allegedly stole tens of thousands of dollars from their clients and also failed to place insurance coverage. 34-year-old Maria Aquino of Southgate was charged with multiple felony counts of embezzlement and theft for allegedly pocketing over $48,000 in insurance premium payments and failing to place the insurance coverage. The premium payments she collected while doing business as Kino Insurance and Tax Services were never sent to insurance carriers. Aquino falsified certificates of insurance for more than eight clients in order to hide her embezzlement. Her license was revoked on July 12, 2018. And in a separate case, 41-year-old Qin Ming Huang of Roland Heights was charged with multiple counts of embezzlement, theft, and forgery. He stole nearly $14,000 from more than three clients and also failed to place insurance coverage with the carriers. Both of these cases are being prosecuted by the Los Angeles County Attorney's Office. The FBI is seeking to identify businesses that may be victims of an alleged nationwide workers' compensation insurance, health care insurance, and pension plan fraud scheme. Businesses that purchased policies from American Labor Alliance, ALA, nor or one of its many subsidiaries nationwide should contact their state insurance regulator to ensure the validity of their policies. In January, ALA and two of its executives were charged with mail fraud, conspiracy to commit mail fraud, and money laundering. The organization sold what was purportedly to be workers' compensation coverage that in actuality may offer no coverage at all. It also offered what it purported to be a retirement pension plan known by a variety of names including ALA Trust, the ALA Retirement Plan Trust, or the ALA Retirement Plan and Trust that may also be invalid. If a company believes it has been a victim of this alleged fraud, it is asked to call the FBI or send an email to WorkCompVictims, that's WCVictims at FBI.gov. And in regulatory news, another attempt at Medicaid for All gets underway. Democrat Representative Pramila J. Powell from Washington State has introduced a new bill that would transform the U.S. health care system to a single-payer Medicare for All program. It will supposedly be funded by the government and available in just two years. The legislation is the party's most high-profile and ambitious single-payer proposal in the new Congress and has more than 100 co-sponsors, many from the party's progressive flank, and has support from various labor unions and public interest groups. It is unlikely to gain the support of any Republicans, however, in the House or in the Senate. 
They have derided single-payer health care as a socialist policy and opposed government interference in health care. It also remains unclear whether Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will bring the legislation up for a vote. The bill does not include new or increased taxes or other additional revenues to pay for the health care overhaul. J-PAL said possible ways, possible ways to pay for the bill include a tax on millionaires and billionaires, employer premiums, and closing tax loopholes for the wealthy. The idea of Medicare for All was first proposed by independent Bernie Sanders as a single-payer system that would largely replace private insurance and is now a central campaign issue for party members vying for the 2020 presidential nomination. The health industry has opposed single-payer proposals, saying they would ultimately lead to less access to care. Critics include the American Hospital Association and America's Health Insurance Plans, the health insurance's industry's biggest trade group. Cal-OSHA reminded California employers of the requirement to electronically submit their Form 300A injury and illness data by March 2nd and annually each year. The Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration adopted the Improved Tracking of Workplace Injuries and Illness Rule in 2016. This rule requires electronic submission of certain occupational injury and illness reports by covered employers with at least 250 employees and by smaller employers in high-risk industries. Employers in California with establishments meeting one of the requirements are required to electronically submit Form 300A data for those establishments. This includes all establishments with 250 or more employees unless specifically exempted by Section 14300.2 of Title VIII of the California Code of Regulations. And establishments with 20 to 249 employees in the specific industries listed in Appendix H of Cal OSHA's emergency regulations. For instructions on how to submit the data, follow the guidance on Federal OSHA's Injury Tracking Application website. And in medical news, if traditional drug delivery were a type of painting, it might be akin to paintball. With good aim, a majority of the paint ends on the bullseye, but it also drips and splashes, carrying streams of paint across the target. So if a drug needs to enter the bloodstream and circulate throughout the body for treating disease, wherever it may be, this paintball-like delivery system may work, but it won't work for targeted and precise drug delivery. A more acute delivery approach would look more like painting by numbers, a technique that would allow precise delivery of a certain amount of drugs to an exact location. Researchers at the James McKelvey School of Engineering and the School of Medicine at Washington University in St. Louis are developing the tools necessary for such a drug delivery system, which they call cavitation dose painting. They are using focused ultrasound with its contrast agent, microbubbles, to deliver drugs across the blood-brain barrier. The research team was able to overcome some of the uncertainty of drug delivery. 
This method takes advantage of the microbubbles expanding and contracting when they interact with the ultrasound, essentially pumping the intravenously delivered drug to wherever the ultrasound is pointing. Researchers say this method would drastically change the way some drugs are delivered. Using cavitation dose painting in tandem with focused ultrasound will allow doctors to deliver precise amounts of drugs to specific locations, for example, targeting different areas of a tumor with exactitude. Researchers recently received a $1.6 million grant from the National Institutes of Health's National Institute of Biomedical Imaging and Bioengineering to work on combining intranasal drug delivery and focused ultrasound with this research. And in other industry news, reports have surfaced that Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated is in advanced discussions to sell its Applied Underwriters Workers' Compensation Unit to a consortium of insurance firms. The deal would be a rare divestment by Warren Buffett, who has built a corporate empire of more than 90 businesses in sectors spanning insurance, chemicals, energy, railroads, food, and retail. The 88-year-old billionaire investor does not seek to cash out once he takes over a company. However, San Francisco-based Applied Underwriters now sits outside Berkshire Hathaway's insurance focus, making it a non-core asset Mr. Buffett wishes to sell. Berkshire Hathaway acquired Applied Underwriters in May of 2006. Berkshire Hathaway's insurance businesses include the auto insurer Geico, reinsurer General Ray, and a unit that protects against major catastrophes or unusual risks. Applied Underwriters, on the other hand, provides bundled workers' compensation and other employment-related insurance products targeted to small and medium-sized businesses. A grouping of insurance firms and a hedge fund-backed reinsurance firm are in talks to buy Applied Underwriters at around the value of its book of business. The sources cautioned that there's always a possibility that the deal negotiations end unsuccessfully and asked not to be identified because the matter is confidential. Applied Underwriters has also been in the crosshairs of California insurance regulators. It reached a settlement agreement in June 2017 over what was claimed bait-and-switch marketing tactics, according to a statement from the state's insurance commissioner at the time. Buffett's efforts to divest applied underwriters come as one of his biggest investments, Kraft Heinz Company, has soured. The food giant announced a multi-billion dollar write-down on its marquee brands. And the state fund announced it has launched safeatworkcalifornia.com. It is a new online safety resource designed to help California employers protect their workers and build cultures of safety. The new site features a variety of safety-related resources, including workplace safety fundamentals customized for a variety of industries, safety meetings, topics, and plans, and updates on legislative and regulatory changes that impact California businesses, 
and the state funds 2019 in-person safety seminar schedule. SCIF claims its new online safety resources provides information and tools to better incorporate safety best practices into everyday work. Employers can also ask their own workplace safety questions using the site's Ask the Expert feature. When the employer asks a question, one of the state fund's workplace safety experts will respond within 48 hours. And... That is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android, Android device by searching for the WorkCop Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on Amazon. Again, I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd Scarin Manukian Langevin. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more, lo- more news.